<laughs> oh my gosh. They're having way too much fun uh, with those videos. Um, but this is a, a really important thing for us to spend some time talking about these elephants in the room. And so we are glad that you are here with us in the room today. And those of you over in chapel right now, we are super glad that you're joining us as well. They can all hear you over there. So with this room, give the chapel venue a, a round of applause. We are thankful for you. Um, that's our quieter, smaller venue just across campus. And uh, so this is a good time for us to dive into something that uh, really is important. Because as Pastor John kicked off the series last week, uh, Elephants, uh, we're just considering why it is so important for us to, to acknowledge that there are some elephants in the room uh, for, for people that are trying to figure out uh, who God is. Uh, for those of you that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, we just want to say out loud that there are, in fact, elephants in the room. There are areas of life and faith that, that do give us uh, pause. There are moments where we have questions. There's moments, like we talked about last week, where we have uh, doubts. Um, there are things that, that don't often make sense to us. And rather than just kind of sweep those under the rug and pretend like they don't exist, we want to acknowledge them and talk about them and maybe even see uh, what God's word has to say about them. I think we're all going to be better for it when we, when we talk about the things that we wrestle with rather than ignore them. I think we're all going to be better off when we uh, confess things that we struggle with. I think we're all going to be better off when we reveal to each other uh, the things that, that haunt us, the things that keep us awake at night, the, the questions, the doubts, the concerns, and the issues that we struggle with. The church should be a place where we can be open and honest with each other and open and honest before God. I think so much happens when we, when we get to talk with each other that way. I think that we get closer to each other. I think we get closer to the Lord. I think we find out that, that in this vast sea of people in our church and in our community, that we've got way more in common with each other than what separates us from each other. I think it allows the Lord an opportunity to shine light in some areas that, that the enemy would prefer that be left in the dark that you would just have to wrestle through these things alone rather than find that there is some hope, there, there are some answers, and there's a community of people that are experiencing a lot of the same things uh, that you are. And so for us to talk about these elephants is really key and really crucial. What we're going to talk about today, the elephant in the room we're talking about is loneliness. And whether we like to admit it or not, uh, for all the number of people uh, that are here at this church or uh, in, in our community or maybe that make up your family or that maybe make up your Facebook profile, it is incredibly easy for us to still be lonely inside. Um, according to a nationwide survey, uh, loneliness has tripled in the United States uh, since 1985. 
Loneliness has tripled amongst Americans in the last several decades. And I don't think it's that ironic that it, that is coinciding with, with two years after uh, Apple launched its first home computer and five years before the invention of the World Wide Web, uh, loneliness begins to surge across our country. Now fast forward to 2017 and for all of the ways that we have to connect with each other, uh, we're finding that, that we as a nation are more lonely than ever. Uh, there's, there's so many opportunities for us to have countless numbers of surfacy, shallow, digitally-based relationships, and so much time expended in those areas, really uh, in trade for what used to be in-person, in-depth relationships. And so we're increasingly so becoming uh, a lonely people. Uh, loneliness kind of at its roots, kind of by definition, loneliness is a, a deep emotional pain that you and I feel associated with being uh, uh, isolated or being distanced or being disconnected or being separated from others. When you hear loneliness, think separation, think isolation. There's a difference between being uh, alone and being lonely, right? Because how many of you have ever been alone but not felt lonely, right? How many of you have ever been in a crowded room filled with all sorts of people surrounding you and yet still felt lonely? Of course, in my own journey in my life, there's been some really long, deep seasons of, of loneliness where I have felt incredibly disconnected and separated uh, from others. Sometimes I could put my finger on why, and sometimes I, I couldn't. There's been seasons in the life of the church where even as one that's, that's really integrally involved in the life of the church that it's easy sometimes for me to walk into uh, our gathering on any given weekend or an event that's going on or even in a small group and be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. But that, that isn't unique to just me. That is pervasive. And it's something that we need to just be able to say out loud that we all struggle with loneliness. We, we have to admit that. And some, some people more than others, some you in a season right now of incredible, deep, deep loneliness. And, and you know exactly why you are feeling disconnected from others. They have done this to you. Uh, those people have said that about you. Uh, there, there are others of you that you're feeling that isolation and yet you can't quite put your finger on why. But what I think is maybe worse what I think is maybe worse than, than feeling an isolation or a disconnect from others 
is a whole different category of loneliness. And this is a loneliness that I have felt maybe even more than a isolation or a separation from other people. There is a loneliness that can result when you feel a separation, a disconnect from God. What, what about that? What about those moments where you, you feel an isolation or a separation from yourself, from your own soul? That's a whole different category of loneliness, unless, and, and yet it is still loneliness. What do you do in those moments? It's one thing that they don't get you. Nobody understands you. Uh, nobody accepts you. You get that sense that no one seems to care. That, that can be debilitating. But it's an entirely different thing than when you go, I, I don't think... God gets me, and I don't think God cares, or I I don't get me, and I'm not sure I care for myself. That's loneliness just the same. And so what you and I do in these moments of loneliness and the the sensation, the, the emotion of separation and disconnect is huge. And thankfully, there's scriptures that I think can help us today. Uh, there's people in the scriptures that we can look to, to, to find hope and, and help in these moments. If you have your Bible, uh, go to the book of Jeremiah and uh, go right about to the dead center of, of Jeremiah. Uh, turn to chapter 15. If you don't have your Bible, you've got a phone, uh, you can open up the Bible app or download the free Bible app. But Jeremiah was, was a prophet uh, in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah was, was a guy who was referred to as the weeping prophet. Uh, scholars have described him as the, the weeping prophet uh, because he, he was given a mission uh, that was quite miserable. His call from God was a difficult call on his life. For 40 years... Uh, Jeremiah was going to be a spokesman for God to bring a message of of truth and conviction and judgment, a message um, to his own people that you need to get your act together and you need to turn from your wicked ways because where you are leading is death. So turn, turn back to the God that loves you. And for 40 years, Jeremiah was going to preach that message. And for 40 years, no one was going to respond. No one was going to listen. No one was going to care. Other prophets had some sort of, of moments where people heard the word of the prophet and went, ooh, that's a good word. We should turn. Jeremiah never got that. He had a mission from God where, where, can you imagine five years of you doing something uh, that, that God called you to do and seeing no results whatsoever? Try doing it for 10 years. No results whatsoever. Try 15 years. No results whatsoever. How about 30 years? No results whatsoever. 
And now by this time, multiple people are are calling you names. Uh, Other people hate you. By 35 years, there's been multiple attempts on your life. You are a pariah. You are an outcast. All of your people can't stand you. Anybody want to sign up for that mission? That is not the mission that I would want. And the message that he was called to preach was the most unpopular message. No people in the church were downloading his sermons. No people were asking for copies of the the message on CD or on tape or VHS or watching it on Vimeo or YouTube. It wasn't happening. They just wanted him to shut up. Can you imagine what that would be like? The kingdom of the nation of Israel was divided at this point. The northern kingdom, 10 tribes. The southern kingdom, two tribes. The Assyrians had been used as an instrument of judgment on these people that were not following God in the northern kingdom. And Jeremiah was called out to preach to the southern kingdom called Judah and said, you need to tell them that there is captivity coming. Uh, they, They need to turn. They need to repent. And so he had quite the mission uh, before him. Jeremiah was an empathetic guy. He actually cared about the people that he was preaching to. Um, It hurt him to think about the judgment that was going to come on those that he, he loved. And all of this, I think, had a an emotional weight to it. And well into his ministry here, he begins to wrestle pretty hugely with loneliness. Um, for, for a man of God to, to experience loneliness, um, it is not uncommon. People of God, if you're experiencing loneliness in your life, first thing you need to know is that that is common uh, to people but it is also common to followers of God. If Jeremiah, a a very godly man, was prone to it, then you and I may be prone to it as well. And yet in his loneliness, uh, I I love what Jeremiah does. A number of times in the book of Jeremiah, uh, he, he complains. Anybody like to complain? Okay, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why we feel like we need to come into church and and put the facade on and we put the nice clothes on. I put a coat on today. I still got the red tennis shoes, but I got a coat on today. But there's something about that. I mean, I want to put my my best before God, but but I'm not trying to mask anything. We don't need to mask anything. The scriptures are filled with honest people pouring out their heart about their frustrations and and what ails them. And and Jeremiah is no different. In Jeremiah chapter 15, at verse 15, uh, he, he says this, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Uh, please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I am suffering. 
When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? And then catch this. Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. That's in the scriptures. You can be honest before God with how you're feeling. You can be honest with the things that you're processing You can be honest with the loneliness that you feel. I think that is the first step for us. John talked about it last week with regard to our doubts. Just to be open and honest that, yeah, we've got questions sometimes. To be open and honest with, I've got hurts and I've got pains and I've got some some loneliness going on here. I feel a disconnect between other people. I feel a disconnect oftentimes between me and God. I feel a disconnect between me and me. And God, I don't like it. That's a fitting place for us as followers of God to just take our concerns and our pains and our issues, our honesty, straight to God. You don't have to fake it with him. But this is a reminder too, what Jeremiah says here to me, that that following God can be a lonely experience in and of itself. Some of you are feeling disconnected and isolated from people around you because of your belief in God, because of your obedience to him, because you are and they aren't, there is now a disconnect. There, there's an isolation that's taking place. As you are stepping out in faith and obedience to him, that is actually bringing loneliness into your life. That's a difficult place to be. And yet, it's a fitting place for us, but it's not easy. Uh, Followers of his will be, can be subject to loneliness just based on the fact that you are doing what God has called you to do. The path that he has called followers of Jesus to is a narrow one, a difficult one. It's not an easy one. And maybe the longer that you walk down that road, the fewer and fewer people you will find to your left and to your right choosing to walk that road with you. That in and of itself can be an isolating experience. But what he says there about uh, your your hope, God, your, your help, God, seems as certain to me, uncertain to me as a seasonal brook. Here's the crux of the issue with loneliness. Uh, It it brings a separation between you and others or you and God or you and you. And here's the crux of the issue with loneliness. Uh, The longer you stand in loneliness, the longer you feel isolated, I guarantee you at some point you will try to fill that space with something else. 
We don't like to feel isolated. We don't like to feel disconnected. We don't like to feel separated from others or from ourselves or, or from God. And so we try to put something in the gap there. You start to feel separated from other people. Well, a whole bunch of really unhealthy stuff on the internet starts to look really good to fill a temporary gap to fill the loneliness that you're experiencing in real relationship and intimacy. Uh, You start to feel a separation between you and God uh, for whatever reason is causing that and the loneliness that comes with that, then then I guarantee over time you'll find substitutes. Uh, The Israelites were reaching out for idols that weren't gods at all, but something that they could feel like was making them feel better. You start to feel a disconnect from your own soul. Well, you'll reach out to whatever you need to not feel that pain there. Whatever will numb that, fill in that gap, fill in that space. Man, you're going to be tempted like crazy uh, just to fill in that space. And it brings God's goodness under scrutiny. You start to feel loneliness and it's natural for you to go, okay, God, I feel isolated, I feel alone, I feel like nobody cares, I'm not even sure you care. What's going on? Your help seems as certain as a seasonal brook. But then I love what he does. Um, He's just talking to God. You start to feel lonely, talk to God. You start to question this, that, and the other thing, talk to God about it. And like John talked about last week, you allow God to frame up the answer for your questions, for your hurt, for your pain. Let God answer it so you don't or the enemy doesn't. And so I love right after this in verses 19, through, this is how the Lord responds. Okay, we've got Jeremiah's complaint. He's just talking to him and praise be to God, the Lord responds. The Lord responds. Hello? The Lord responds. Chapel, you need to write honor, amen, that too. The Lord responds, because this is good. When you pour out your heart, um, it may not be in the manner or the timing that you choose, but the Lord responds. And here's how he responds. If you return to me, Jeremiah, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. (laughs) I love God. I don't know if he's sarcastic. That sounds a little sarcastic to me. You must influence them. Do not let them, those people, influence you. That's so big. Uh, Especially when we're dealing with loneliness. Uh, Our first grab is for people... uh, to, to fill the gap that I believe only the Lord can fill. We reach out, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling isolated, I'm feeling separated, so maybe you can fix that for me. And the Lord says, wait a minute, return to me, repent, let me restore you, let me fill you, Let me change your words, recalibrate your thinking a little bit here. Come back to me. 
Let me do for you what no other person can do for you. First and foremost, it's not that God's not going to use people in your life to be a blessing and to lift you up, and of course he is. But they are never meant to be a substitute for God himself. And if we don't start with him, if we don't return to him, if we don't invite him to restore and reshape our heart, we're gonna be in trouble. I think Jeremiah heeded these words because he continued on mission. His mission was not easy. He finishes the lines that you see here. And then the next chapter, chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, look at this. It says, the Lord gave me another message. He said, do not get married or have children in this place. That's a great message. Thanks a lot, God. Are you kidding me? And then in the verses to follow, he says, don't go to any funerals. Don't go to any celebrations and parties. Don't go eat at anybody's house when they invite you over. Don't mourn with people. Don't rejoice with people. You're going to be incredibly separated, isolated from any sort of human comfort. But Jeremiah, really what you're becoming a picture of is is what... Sin does to my people. People are going to look at you and go, wow, you're, you're out there. And, and, and Jeremiah, I, I, I've, got, I've got this lonely life for you following me. He also does remind him, he says, there's a judgment that's going to come. And it's not going to be good for the people here. And so in an odd way, Jeremiah, I'm sparing you because I don't want your wife or your kids to be judged the way that the judgment is coming. And so I, I'm, I'm actually preserving you. I'm, I'm sparing you right here and right now from a whole lot of pain, even though it doesn't feel like it. But Jeremiah was called to this incredibly lonely life, a difficult one. It reminds me of Jesus You know, a lot of Jesus' life here on earth was incredibly lonely. Uh, Scriptures refer to him as the man of sorrows, Jesus. (laughs) If you're feeling lonely, isolated, disconnected, do you know that Jesus gets you? I mean, I don't mean to exaggerate this or overinflate this or make it cliche or whatever, but But Jesus understands what loneliness is. He understands what it is to be isolated and disconnected. And so if you've got concerns, doubts, questions about nobody understands me, nobody gets me, I can tell you that Jesus understands you. I can tell you that Jesus gets you more than anybody else gets you. Uh, Jesus, in Mark chapter 14, is a painful chapter of the scriptures that you can look up later. In Mark chapter 14, it's, it's a very painful journey of watching any sort of human comfort be stripped away from Jesus the Christ. 
Uh, it's crunch time. The cross is imminent. And, and Jesus, uh, Jesus is having all these human comforts pulled out from around him. It's the Last Supper, and he knows, he prophesies, all of you are going to uh, fall away from me. All of you, talking to his disciples. His closest friends, all are going to bail on him. Uh, They go up to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He steals away by himself and instructs a few others, stay over here and please pray. What do they do? They fall asleep and don't pray for him. He comes back and he says, come on, wake up pray. And he goes back and then he returns again. They're asleep and not praying. Uh, Judas betrays him. Many of you have experienced betrayal and know the disconnect, the isolation that that can produce. He's then put before the teachers of the law and there's, there's false accusations thrown against him. And these false accusations have that isolating experience. If you and anybody falsely accused of something, people lie about you. It puts you on the outs and them on the in. Peter denies him. I mean, right at crunch time. I mean, one by one by one, all of those friendships crumble. And then he goes to the cross, and they're hanging on the cross, the The father in the midst of the son taking all of the wrath of God on himself for all of our sin. Uh, The father must turn his back on his son, which initiates those heart-wrenching words of Jesus. Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Don't tell me Jesus doesn't understand loneliness. Don't tell me Jesus doesn't understand you. Don't tell me Jesus doesn't understand the depth of pain that it is to be human, that it is to wrestle in these ways. He gets you. You can go to him. And so when you think loneliness, I I want you to think I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling separated. Then I want you to ask yourself the question, why? Why am I feeling isolated? Why am I feeling separated? Maybe you're feeling separated from God. Maybe you're feeling separated from your own soul, just a numbness and a disconnect. Maybe you're feeling separated from other people. If you're feeling separated from God... Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 gives us some amazing helps to this end. If you're feeling separated from God, uh, it, it may have to do with a sin issue. A sin separates us from him. If you're feeling a disconnect, then, then understand uh, what Jesus has done with your sin first and foremost. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 11, 14 says, Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. 
Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Jesus took care of your sins so that you would not feel a disconnect from God anymore. Confess your sin to him and watch the loneliness that comes as a result of being isolated from God begin to disappear. Maybe you're feeling disconnect from your own heart, your own soul, from yourself. The next handful of verses down, verse 19 and on, it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Leave that there. If you're feeling a disconnect from yourself, the temptation is I'm feeling loneliness because uh, there's a separation between me and me. The temptation is to uh, search yourself and dig deeper into you and go, why am I feeling this? What's wrong with me? And look into you and you and you and deeper and deeper. And I'm saying, don't worry about knowing you. Get to know Jesus better. If you're feeling a distinct separation in your heart and your soul, get to know Jesus He's flung wide the door open for you to get to know him. And when you get to know him, he'll begin to communicate things about you that are true about you. That you're not distant from him. That your conscience is now free and clear. And that your body is is wiped clean. That's what's true about you. You get to know Jesus, you'll get to know what's true about you. Not just what you feel about you or what other people say about you. And then lastly, if you've got a disconnect between you and other people that is making you feel lonely, isolated, the next couple of verses, 23 to 25, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In other words, if you're feeling a loneliness that's resulted from this isolation, disconnect from other people, then act on it. You do something about it. You love. You consider how you might help or encourage or reach out somebody next to you. When you begin to minister to other people, then you will find that those people begin to minister to you. But for you to withdraw even more is the wrong thing to do. The right thing to do is to be the church. And this is what the church does. We gather in big places. We gather in little places. We gather in pairs. We gather as families. We gather in homes. We gather in public. We gather right here for the purpose of of building each other up and encouraging one another in the midst of a world and an enemy that wants to separate us. We're gonna say, no, we're gonna stand against that. And Jesus, you unite us 
where we are experiencing isolation, you bring one body. You bring wholeness to us. That's what we do. That's what he's calling us to do right here and right now. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask, Lord, that you would, you would break through the hearts of, of hurting people here today, those that are feeling lonely, isolated, separated, whether it's from other people, would you bring them a community around them? If they're experiencing isolation and disconnect, more along lines of feeling separated from you or from their own self, Lord, would you minister to them? Would you remove any sin, any doubt, any frustration? We can be honest before you, and so we're going to continue to pour out our hearts to you and say there are times where we are hurting and lonely, and we need you to redirect our thoughts and our focus. We need you to to build us up, Lord. Please rescue us, Father, as we turn to you. Restore us, Father, as we turn to you. And then use us, Lord, to be a tangible representation of your hope, your love, your touch to people around us that are feeling lost and alone. Thank you for loving us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.